we'll start. Um, dear Lord, thank you so much for yet, an under, an, yet another Saturday uh, that we can come together in the morning to start our weekends off with you um, in fellowship with others who are also seeking you. Um, give me the right words today um, to share with this group of women. Um, yeah, that's it. Amen. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a little nervous today for some reason. Um, okay, so... Normally, I give you a heads up on what we're teaching like Riley does, uh, but I didn't quite figure it out until 9 a.m. this morning, so that's why you didn't get a heads up. Um, but uh, I have a lot of notes, so I'm going to stick to those today because for some reason I'm super nervous. Um, but recently, so I've struggled a lot to figure out the question, right? Who am I? Um, and right now in all of our lives, right, from middle school all the way through like where I'm at in life, kind of starting real adulthood, Um, This is the time when our world is looking at us and asking, who are you? What do you want to do with your lives? What do you want to become? Right. And I've, I've never had an answer. I've never been one to confidently say, I know what I want to do with my life. I know what I want to be when I grow up. Right. Um, I've always struggled to know who I am. I've ridden on the false confidence of others around me telling me who I am. You're so this, you're so this, you're such a great this. So I'm like, oh, that's what I am. This is great. Or what I should be. Um, or um, I'm just desperately jealous of what someone else is. Um, So I've struggled a lot in my life to figure out who I am, Um, and I've never quite felt like I fit in. I've never known what I want to do with my life. Um, I'm always worried that I'm not enough to be in the room. Any of the adjectives, right? Smart enough, pretty enough, old enough, young enough, funny enough, loud enough, quiet enough, anything enough. I'm always worried that I'm not. Um, and I'm always worried that I'll feel fine and then secretly behind my back, everybody will be thinking something else and they really don't want me to be there and all that. Right. Um, and everybody around me always had their life chosen, right? They knew what college they were going to. They know what career they were going to do. They had the plans. They knew what they were going to be doing. And I, I just never have felt that way. Um, except for a couple of decisions like marrying David, that was pretty easy. (laughs) Um, but I get very stuck in the thought that I'm the only one that feels that way, that I'm you know, the only one that, that doubts myself. I'm the only one that thinks this way. And I know that's not true um, because I know a lot of you guys have felt that way or you will be feeling that way soon if you haven't. So it's coming. <laughs> um, so I guess this lesson has two goals. First, you guys know that whenever I talk, whenever I speak, I like to give you proof. Usually it's proof from my own life or a story of a friend um, and The reason I like to do that is when I read the Bible, I'm so sad sometimes because the people in the Bible miss what the Lord is doing in their lives, right? They they, they miss the proof, right? They either don't see it, they weren't looking for it, they forgot about it, they refuse to acknowledge it. For whatever reason, they just don't see the proof, and so they end up in a rabbit hole of a mess. Um, And I'm just so, so sad, right? So anytime I have a chance to show you proof, to give you proof, I want to do that because if you are a person who needs proof, I want to give it to you when we can, because the Lord doesn't always allow that. So we're going to give you proof today. You are not the only one that thinks the way you think, that feels the way you feel, that you're not alone in those ways. Um, and we always say that you're not alone, it's not just you, but I'm going to prove it today. Um, and second, we're going to figure out quite simply um, who we are, who I am. Um, and this may not be a super fun lesson, <laughs> but it's what I needed to be reading last night and this morning and this week. I've been thinking about this all week. Um, and so we're just going to walk through some of the scripture that has helped me this week just define who I am, what my job is, what my purpose is. Um, 
and go from there. I'm hoping it's a universal universal thing, but we'll see. Um, I might cry today because I got really emotional planning this lesson. So I apologize in advance if I cry. And if I make you cry, I'm more sorry because that's just a bummer. Um, but hopefully today um, is a challenging day for you. Hopefully you walk away and say, hmm, I need to fix this or let me look at this. Because um, that's, uh, that's what I was doing as I was planning. So that's what we're going to do. So first part is the proof. We're going to do an activity. It's going to be so fun. You're going to all love it. <laughs> or not. Me might not like it at all. <laughs> um, so we're actually, yeah, let's, let's just go upstairs to the high school room. There's just a little bit more space. We're going to take a field trip. Are you really down? No. We're going to stand in a circle. <laughs> No, you need nothing. We're going to go up there, do this activity, and come right back down. Field trip. It's like the podcast going on a field trip. Podcast on the go. All right, podcast people. We're going up the stairs. Coffee and activities. Did you make this? No, this is this is not me, but you can stand on it. It'll work for our purposes. Do you want me to hold the phone for you? Sure, because I'm going to use this. Are we going to do No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a team building day. It's a team building day. Okay, so this activity is called the Circle of Trust. Usually it works with a bigger group, but we're going to do it with the little group, and it'll be great. And if it doesn't work, then it'll be fine. Um, so you may have done this if you've been to like leadership retreats or something. Some of them do it, not all of them. Um, cause it's a fairly, it's a fairly deep exercise. Um, it's easy though. So I'll read a statement and if it applies to you, you step forward, pause, and then you step back, right? So this is what our proof is. So the example, I would say, I am a mom. Anybody? Nobody else, right? <laughs> That's just the example. Surprise! Surprise! Um, the statements start out very simple so you can kind of get the hang of what's going on. Um, and then they get a little deeper as we go along. If you're not answering, just stand quietly. If something's funny, go ahead and giggle. I don't mind. Um, answer honestly, and if you're uncomfortable answering, just stand there. Nobody cares. Hmm. You're fine. Um, I'm not, like, asking you your darkest secrets or anything. That's not <laughs> No, explain. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you're confused, like, if you step forward for one, and then you have to do the, the second one, too, like, if there are questions that are kind of about the same thing, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Hmm. Nobody cares. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Ready. Okay. I attend events at Village Bible Church. Great practice, ladies. It's like we're doing a dance. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I am in middle school. (laughs) Nice. I'm in high school. I'm going to step forward. I just hang out with a lot of high schoolers. I'm not in high school. (laughs) I attend a college or university or will starting this fall. Oh, really? I am college aged, but I do not attend school. Mm. I consider myself a real adult. <laughs> oh, so scary. <laughs> I have a significant other. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> I really want a significant other. Absolutely. I have a pretty good idea of what I want to do in the next part of my life. I have no clue what I want to do in the next part of my life. (laughs) 
Sometimes I think I talk too much. Sometimes I think I don't talk enough. It's amazing how you can do both. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the most awkward one in the room. Sometimes I feel like the ugliest one in the room. I set higher standards for myself than for the people around me. I give more grace to others than I allow for myself. In general, I would say I'm pretty hard on myself. Um, I feel like I'm not good enough in some area of my life. Can I take two steps? (laughs) Can I run out the door? Can I I run? (laughs) (laughs) I worry that the people around me don't really like me. I have acted unkind towards someone recently. <laughs> Take off running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really get into it. <laughs> I have gossiped or lied recently. I have thought something unkind about someone recently. I'm afraid I don't fit in either at school, work, or home. Wait, I don't work. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm used to study work. I'm afraid I don't fit in here. I have been or am currently jealous of someone in this room. I admire or look up to someone in this room. I know I am a sinner. Runs. <laughs> <laughs> Runs a marathon out the door. Yeah. <laughs> and I know the Lord loves me. Hmm. Okay. So our activity is done. We're going to go downstairs. That was so fun. <laughs> that was really like that. We should do that at the high school girls. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Andrea, could you send me those questions? Yeah, I. so every time I do this activity with a different setting, I make up new questions. Yeah, that's really cool. Or yeah. Oh, <laughs> you could lead us in it. Because you could be the... Um, I will do the impartial yes, announcer. Yes, It's actually a really good idea. I can do it. And then you can meet all of them. Okay. What do you think of that activity? Do you like it? Do you not like it? I like it. You like it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good activity to, you know, get to know kind of the people in the room. Um, kind of gauge where everyone's at. Why do you think we did it? I think that's what kind of what you're talking about before, where you were saying like um, how it's sometimes hard to believe that like other people like do, mm-hmm. going through the same thing as you, and you're like, yeah, yeah. but like no, right. but like with an activity like that, it's easier to see people with the same right. issues. Right. So, how did it make you think about yourself or about others in the room? Did it make you think anything differently, or do you just kind of realize just what Macy said? I'm not fishing for an answer. Genuine question. Yeah, it 
right? That's, that was the point of it, right? It gives you proof that the people in the room think or feel the same way that you do or have. If you haven't, it's coming. Get, get ready. Um, okay, so we're going to start with Romans 3, verses 9 to 20. And if I, I wrote them up all on the board, I kind of have like four points. So if you're a write everything downer, it's up there for you. <clears throat> okay, somebody want to read that for us? Romans 3, 9 through 20? It's kind of a big chunk. I can read it. Go ahead. What then? Are Jews any better off? Not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asp is under their lips. Their, is that how you say it? What? A-S-P-S? Yeah, it's a type of snake, asps. Okay. I already looked it up. Oh, that's right. Girls. Yes, that's right. Um, their feet are swift to shed blood. Their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Okay, so what does that say about all of us? We are all accountable to the same God. We are all accountable to the same God. Yes. And we're all, um, and none of us, it literally says like no one, no one is righteous. No one understands. No one is seeking for God. So it's like yeah. just putting, like just saying all of you guys, it's, you're all this, like, you're not all the same, but you all answer to the same person and you're yeah. all doing the same things. Yeah. There's no comparison here, right? Yeah. We are all Right, we're not the same people, but we're all the same type of human, right? And so that's so the second part of this whole day is right, we're figuring out who we are and slowly building that up bit by bit. And part of figuring out who you are in a world like this starts with moving comparison out of the way. You can't you can't factor it in at all. You can't um, it can't be a part of your you know process to figure out who you are. And so remembering that every one of us is the same at our core with a passage like this, right? We are all sinners. We are all doubters. We are all broken. We're all shameful. You know, it, there's no advantage, right? That's what, that's what my, my version starts with. Verse 9 in my version says, What shall we conclude then? Do we have any, any advantage? Not at all, right? Paul's speaking to the Romans right now. And they're like, they're the Romans. They're a big deal. And he's telling them, you don't matter. You have no advantage. You're not any better than anyone else. Um, and that's... That's the point, right? I'm not better for teaching today. Riley's not better for teaching most days. And you're not worse for listening and coming, right? There's not an advantage in the room. The girl that you said you were jealous of, the girl that you thought of, the girl that you said you admire, she's the same girl as you, right? She's a sinner. She's broken. She's longing for acceptance and living in total sin, right? So that is point number one. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. That's where we're going to start with our defining who we are. And we know this also from Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that, right? That's not a new thing for us. Um, And the thing there is that it's not everyone but you. 
It's everyone. So it's not everyone but me because I'm teaching today. I'm super awesome. I'm great. I get a gold ticket. I don't have to, you know, pay for whatever sin I did last week. No, everybody. We're all sinners. And what does that get us? You know what's coming next, right? For the wages of sin is death. That's the first part of Romans 6.23. That's the one in red. You deserve nothing. Literally nothing. Have you ever thought about that before? This is where this gets, I don't know, this is where this gets hard to teach, especially in this world. It, I don't know, kind of hurts a little bit to teach because I'm looking out at a room of people that I want the world for, that I pray for daily, weekly. Um, They're all so important to me. And I'm looking at you saying, you deserve nothing. You deserve, you deserve death. Our world right now is about self-empowerment. You deserve everything. Right? And over and over and over in the Bible, we have proof that we don't. This is the price for sin. Right? The jealousy that you were talking about upstairs, the gossip, the, the lying, hurting others, thinking things that aren't kind. You all proved to us just now that you all deserve death. That, hit, that hits a little difficult. <laughs> you know, you don't deserve a second chance like the world thinks. You don't deserve a do-over. You don't deserve a reset Saturday. I know that's a weird thing to say, like, we're going to figure out who we are. You're a sinner. You deserve nothing. But as Christians, that's where our understanding of ourselves has to start. But, you all know this still, you get a second chance. And that's where the next set of verses comes in, Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The last part of Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans Ten nine through 10, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So you get a second chance. But it's not because of anything you've done. It's only through the love of God. Oh, oh. I'm going to make some of you OCD people not so happy, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So you get a chance only through God's love. Not because you're a good enough person, not because you're pretty enough, you gave enough money, or you came to enough small groups, or you won enough trophies, or you got high enough grades. That doesn't make you great. It, it doesn't. And we lose the significance of this because we say it so often, and it's just it's Christianese, right? So John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have it, eternal life. All of these verses up here, you guys know. You guys know what they say. You know what they mean. You know what they are. But these aren't the ones that we spend a lot of time really digging into. This is the equivalent of me loving you so much. Me loving Macy so much. I'm going to say Macy because I'm looking right at her. That I sentence Luke to death so that she can live. Have you ever thought about that before? That's 
That's the love that this is. Your God loves you so much that he made a way for you to have a second chance by sending his only son to die a horrible death on a cross. If you haven't ever read what happened on the cross and physically what his body went through and what goes into a crucifixion, you need to do it because a father sentencing his child to that. You guys know Luke. I love him more than you do, for sure. But you guys all love Luke. I would leave him with all of you in a heartbeat. What the Lord did for you is the equivalent of me sending Luke. I don't know if I'm realizing this just because I'm a mom, but I've never thought about it that way. It, I don't know, it just hits differently this week when I was thinking about it. God of the universe, right? The guy who made elephants and grass and, and everything loves me enough that he saw that the only way to protect my life, to save my life, was to send his son to grow and die and then abandon him in his final moments, right? He cries out for his dad in the last few hours of his life and he can't come. I wanted to make you cry on purpose. That's why I brought up Luke. That's how, that's how big this is. I, and we gloss over it all the time. It's so important. The only way that you have a second chance is because, God's lo- is because God loves you so much. So much that he would give you his son. So if you've ever... If you've ever doubted that you're loved, if you've ever doubted that you're good enough, like all of us said up there, right? If you've ever, you know, needed a sign, this is it. God of the universe found a plan that would save you that involved sacrificing his son. And he did it anyways, because that's how much he loves you. Do you think about that often? Does it make you feel special at all? That, that he invites you also to be his child. That brings us to John 1.12. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. says you're a child of God, if you can't see behind me. What does that mean? Now that we're all sniffing away our tears. What does it mean to be a child of God? What does it mean to be a child? A child is fully dependent on their parent. A child has their decisions made for them. Unless you're doing the Montessori approach to things and then, you know... (laughs) I'm joking. <laughs> it's good to give. It's good to do that. But in general, a child has decisions made for him. A child is joyful. A child has full confidence that his parents are going to do exactly what he needs to keep them safe. If you've ever played with Luke and he's been any sort of danger, he fully trusts that you're going to catch him. Right? We were hanging him from like a pull-up bar once and he was done and David was right next to him. And he was like, I'm just going to let go. Fully confident that his dad would step in 
and save him from harm, which is what your dad does. The Lord. So you are just like a child, or you should be. You should be fully dependent on the Lord. You should know that the Lord is handling your decisions for you. The big stuff that's coming up, he's already got it. He's already taken care of it. You're fine. That's not to say that you're an incapable human. But all of the anxiety and the stress and the worry that goes into those decisions, it's already handled. He already, he's already got it for you. And a child's life, for the most part, is joyful, right? Yours should be joyful as well. He wouldn't use the analogy of a child, the picture of a child, if all the pieces of it were not true. Right, so your life should be joyful. It, should, it shouldn't be easy, right? Riley tells us this all the time. If your life is so easy that nothing is going wrong, figure out what you're doing wrong, right? We should have trials in our life. We're Christians. That's how it goes. But there should be just a general sense of joy, right? Your job is to be a child. A lot of you and me, overwhelmingly, for sure me, um, you are or you try to be independent, smart, tough. You're leaders. You don't take a break. You don't ask for help. I read a post recently that said something. You know what? I'm just going to read it. Um, said something like, um, I'm tired of being praised for my strength, for stretching myself to my limits, overworking myself, and receiving praise for the mess I'm making in my life. I crave simplicity. I crave rest. I crave softness and peace. This is your permission to be weak, to be soft, to be fully dependent on someone, right? We're all in this weird place right now where we're expected to be adults or act like adults, independent. And for those of you that fully embrace that, you're going to get burnout. And for those of you that are totally scared of that, just talk to the Lord. In both cases, you're going to end up with the Lord anyways. Did I just hit the button? Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought I hit the record button. Um, He's not going to bail. He's not going to back out, right? He's not going to say, let's make plans and then not show up. And he will be available to you at all times. Right, so this is this is your again. It's an, this is your permission to ask for help. He looks at you and he thinks, um, "Wow, my beautiful sweet child." And maybe I don't know. I have the most notes on this little part because I don't know. Again, maybe it's the mom thing, but I'm a I'm a child of God. Like, hi, my name's Andrea Dalton. I'm. What do we do? Right, like what do, what do people say? I'm an accountant. I work for the church. What do I say? I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a child of God. That's what I should say. Because that's what I am first. And that's what you are first. Does that make sense? The Lord is a, is a perfect parent. right? He never messes up. He, his love for you is without fault. So if you have a strained relationship with a parent and you have issues trusting that the Lord is going to be there for you, that he's going to, to stand up for you. He always is. And that's just something you have to eventually believe. Right? See this small proof in your life that he's there for you, and then you'll, then you'll see the big stuff. But he invites you to be a child. And so all of this stuff, this is, this is where I'm at. This is the who I am answer to me. This is the progression, and that's the final answer, right? I know you all know these things. I know that you're all, Andrea, I know this. Like, this doesn't help me. Like, this doesn't help me pick a college. This doesn't help me pick a major. This doesn't help me pick if I'm going to do AP stats or normal stats. This doesn't help me. 
read into it and it will. You'll be fine. Um, so the last little section of things. Do you notice something about these verses? They're all in Romans. This is a version of the Romans road. So it's, and it's in the right order. It's in the thing. I added the end, but arguably it should be in there anyways. <laughs> but this, these are the verses. These are the things that you say when you point people to the gospel, when you're introducing someone to the gospel. These are, this is one of several groups of verses that you use to give them proof in the Bible of what the Lord has done in their life. You prove to them that they're a sinner, that they deserve nothing. You prove to them that they get a second chance only because of the Lord, right? And then you tell them what awaits them once they do get there. And there's a reason that it lined up this way. Um, quite honestly, it's a God thing. I started with the first Romans one and then thought the second one. And then I was like, this is the start to a Romans road. And then I went up and looked up all the different versions that you could do. And I was like, this is exactly what I'm going to be talking about. So great job, God. Um, but as Christians, when we try to find ourselves outside of the Lord, when we try to put our identity in anything but Christ, we come up empty every single time. You know that song that we sing? Um, and the, I think it's called Graves into Gardens. And the opening is, I searched the world and it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. And I know that's not from the Bible. Like, I know that's not like a scriptural reference. And it might be, but I just don't know what it is. Um, but there is so much truth there. Our culture is about finding yourself through self-love and self-empowerment and self-centered things. We are called to be centered on Christ. The highest and the very, very best form of self-love that we can achieve is realizing who we are in Christ because then we know how he loves us, how we should love others, and what just that appreciation cycle looks like in general, and then we can apply it to our own lives, right? I'm not saying never take a break, never do like fun self-care things, like never get a fun mask or go on a hike or get a cup of coffee. That's not what I'm saying because everybody deserves a break. The Lord mentions all the time that you are allowed rest and you should take rest. But that whole movement, right? Self-care, self-empowerment, self-love is based in achieving peace and happiness in your life. I truly believe it's born of a group of people that don't have the Lord. So, so no matter how many times you, you treat yourself, right? No matter how many times you, I'm going to do this and then I'll be fine. I'm going to, you know, do a bath bomb and then I'll be fine. Or go get a cup of coffee and I'll be fine. I'm not, and it's a hard thing to talk about because I'm not saying don't enjoy those things because absolutely enjoy those things. The Lord gives us resources and things to enjoy. We are to enjoy them. But if that's the only place that you search for happiness, if that's the only way that you try to fill what's going on in your life, your mom says this all the time, and she heard it from somebody else, and I don't remember who it was. But she says that humans, all of us, have a hole in ourselves. A void, a hole, whatever you want to think about. And it will be filled with something. It will. It must be. Because that's how we work. Um, and if you aren't filling it with Jesus, you're filling it with something else. So if you're filling it with coffee and a new notebook and pens, and, and not to... Every time, I feel like I call you out. That's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Every week. Um, right? But that, if that's all that you use to fill those, those empty spaces in your life, 
You're going to come up empty every time. You're going to feel alone every day. You're going to feel by yourself for the rest of your life if that's all that you do. Until you buy in to this. Until you buy in to the gospel. And I know that this is cliche. I know that this is, right, this is something that you've heard over and over. Maybe you haven't heard it over and over. Um, but if you, um, until you really, really buy into what this is for you and your life, um, you're missing out. And if you're sitting here thinking, but Andrea, oh my gosh, you are missing out, right? If you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about right now, you've got a piece missing, right? You've got some, some searching to do. So that's your challenge this week um, and every week. That's what you should be doing all the time. Look at your life. Where are you empty? Um, where do you feel alone? What are you filling with other things, right? What are you, where, where are you filling your life with other things, right? Are you filling it with social media, clothing, money, friends, school, or, you know, good things like achievements or great grades or service or scary and hard things like alcohol, boys, drugs, addiction. Jesus belongs there. Not you. Not the things that you want. Not the things that you think that you need. And again, I'm not saying don't go get a cup of coffee. Don't go get a new notebook. It's not what I'm saying. If those are the only things that you go to to define yourself, you're doing it wrong. If those are the only things that you turn to for peace, assurance, happiness, you're doing it wrong. And if you're sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, Andrea, we don't care. We know. You're doing it wrong. And I don't mean to call you out. And I don't mean to be harsh. But if this doesn't mean something to you, if these verses specifically don't mean something to you, if the whole point together doesn't make you reevaluate, you are missing something. And I know that's a harsh thing to say. I know that's, you know, she's judging me from the front of the room. No, I'm not. This is what I needed to hear this week. You guys know that we lost baby. You guys also know that I've been reevaluating every part of my life since then. Or if you don't, you do now. <laughs> um, where, right, I've been asking myself these questions. Where am I empty? What am I filling my life with? When, you know, all, all the things you could possibly ask yourself, I've been asking myself. And this week... When Riley said, hey, you want to teach this week? I said, sure. And then I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And this is what's been on my mind all week. So this is what I needed to hear. So if it's not what you needed to hear today, I'm really sorry. But (laughs) it's a good reminder. So that's all I have. That's your challenge for the week. And it should be your challenge for every day of your life. Get rid of the gross. Fill it with Jesus. Let's pray. Wait. Does anybody have anything they want to say? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) I realize I just talked at you for a really long time. I didn't let you say anything. Anybody else have comments? We have plenty of time. So if you have something to say. Ourselves and also taking care of others. How do you balance that? Like, how do you like 
take care of yourself in a way that glorifies God, while also like constantly taking care of Luke and people in your life. Yeah. So it depends on your interpretation of all those words. If your understanding of self-care is simple things like laundry, dishes, showering, sleeping, and eating, then first of all, those are things that you should be doing as a normal human. So if that is something that is extra to you, then that perspective needs to change for your health. So things like showering and eating and sleeping, I do because I should. Extra things, I, I just find where they fit. And inevitably, the weeks where I'm like, I really, I really want to play cards with Hannah this weekend. I really want to play cards with Hannah this weekend. I really want to play cards with Hannah this weekend. I love playing cards with Hannah. It's so much fun. Wow. wow. Well, right? <laughs> I know. I know it's a lot. <laughs> I also did it because I knew Hannah wouldn't be freaked out if I did it at her. Um, right? If that's all that I'm focusing on, if I'm trying to find my next moment of worldly rest, right, then everything is, is shot for the week. It's totally a mess, right? But if I'm spending my week, you know, washing Luke's clothes and, you know, picking up Luke's toys and helping him and, hey, David, what do you need? And, you know, serving the people in my life, I find that there's opportunities show up for me to do the things that I like. Um, I know that's not a very popular way to do things. Um, right? A lot of people really, really want to schedule time for themselves. Um, I, I just don't. I know that I know that whatever I need at the time is what the Lord's going to provide. Right, so if I really, really need a week of just doing laundry, doing dishes, sweeping the floor, picking up toys, and then doing laundry, doing dishes, sweeping the floor, picking up toys, and then doing it again and again and again and again and again, then that's the week the Lord's going to give me, and he'll, he'll give me rest or he'll give me, you know, times of self-care in within that you know and it's not a very popular opinion to to say I don't schedule time for myself I just find it when it comes but like I don't know I spend my life I, I I arrange my life in a way that David and Luke are always first so like when I do laundry I always do David's first because he goes through it <laughs> because he runs all the time and all that stuff, and so his clothing is always sweaty and gross, and it's just gross, and, so, and he needs it clean. So I always do David's first, <laughs> and I always do Luke's second because he's a baby and he can't do it himself, and I always do mine last because I'll figure it out, right? It'll be fine. And that's the way I approach, like, dishes. If not all the dishes fit in the dishwasher or if I'm, like, way too tired, I'll wash, like, David's water bottle and Luke's milk cup or, like, load David and Luke's like dishes into the dishwasher. Like I'll make sure David's grilling stuff is clean and Luke's eating stuff is clean. And then we'll figure out mine eventually. And I know that that's a weird thing to say, but it all works itself out. And so when I try to look for time for myself, if I focus on it, it, it messes up the entire everything because my whole life has shifted from serving others focusing on what the Lord's plan for my life is, to when do I get to play cards with Hannah? When do I get to go, you know, to coffee on Saturday morning with my friends? So my whole life has shifted from a very servant's heart, humble place. And I know that's weird to say from here. I'm being humble. 
to a self-centered, when's the next me time? one time I was talking to like one of my unbelieving friends and you know it's like the lie that people believe that they're like I just I'm too much of a people pleaser and I am always like doing stuff for other people and I just need to I need to learn to like put myself first and it's like it's so backwards you know it's like obviously you can't like pour out and never get poured into because then you'll just like be like running on empty but it's also like Sometimes when you put other people constantly say to myself whenever I find myself shifting I'm like stop I get my turn I'll get my turn later 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 right whenever like I have to go get Luke up from a nap that he didn't want to sleep and I was going to take a nap I'll get my turn later right inevitably that's the day that he goes to sleep early I have extra time or he sleeps in late and I have extra time right and that that concept I'll get my turn later it's not always tomorrow. It's not always the next day. It's not always in five years. It could be in heaven, mm. right? I don't know. But it's what you guys are saying. You put people first, yeah. and the Lord blesses you for that. Yeah, it's, it's almost like it's not even, sometimes it's not even like we are second. It's like we're third. It's like the whole like, you know, mm-hmm. I am third thing. It's like serving God first, yeah. and then people second, and then, and then yourself. Yeah. Mm. But... You're on the list. Yeah. <laughs> like, God's not going to forget about you. Yeah. Like, he's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to give you no time ever, right? It might be a few decades, and your time might be in heaven. But you get to be in heaven. You have to wait till you die. <laughs> I, I mean, I want to be realistic, right? There are some people that the Lord calls to live very hard lives, and they just don't give up on him, and their time is in heaven. They're the ones that get the extra crowns. They're the ones that, you know, get the super fancy robe or, you know. <laughs> Do like a false but you just give back to the Lord. You don't get to keep the robe or the crown. You give right. it back. Which is, yeah. Which is what we want to do. Yeah. Cool. Okay, now I'll pray. <laughs> All right, dear Lord, thank you so much for, again, just another wonderful Saturday to be together to talk about you. Um, thank you for the similarities in our hearts um, that allow us to talk like this um, and really understand what we're going through. Help us to really, really look at our lives in the next several weeks for the rest of our lives. Help us to, to look at what we're doing, what we're saying, and make sure that we're filling all the areas of our life with you because um, we know that nothing else is going to last. 
help us to remember to put people first, remember to be kind. Um, that's all. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Not very good at finishing prayers. <laughs> that's all. Amen. Amen. <laughs>